Welcome to IDIQ Labs, the podcast where we deep dive under a microscope and explore the ever-changing landscape of personal and financial wellness. Brought to you by IDIQ, an industry leader in identity theft protection and credit monitoring products. We got another exciting episode today, so let's get started. All right, so we wanted to talk today about our buying our first home. So I'm hoping that we can have a conversation. Maybe I'll tell the story of, of our home buying journey. Mine was, uh, I was 26 years old and um, I made a lot of mistakes during my first home buying experience and did not know a lot, uh, which led to other, other issues, uh, which is why I was glad that Brian joined because you can point out what I could have done better. All, the, all of our faults. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, but so for me, my first, I bought my first home when I was 26. I was working in a, in a company uh, full time and halfway through uh, uh, the loan process, I quit my job and started a company and uh that probably went over well yeah yeah and then what I, was the job uh, that I what was, was your full-time job yeah i was working as a systems engineer systems engineer yep at 28 26 26 wow yeah i had I, achiever. I recently <laughs> well i i uh i got out of the military uh when i was uh 24 and then uh, started with a company down in Orange County and, um, and left there. And uh, when I left to go start my company, it was like right, we were having a baby and I started a company. And it was to do- You kept things simple. Yeah. yeah. Quit your job, have a child, probably move. You know, keep it simple. <laughs> and my, so my real estate agent and, and my loan officer both had a heart attack. <laughs> immediately did you know them or were they some I knew the real estate agent okay. my, my loan officer's name was Gary Schwery <laughs> poor guy <laughs> why do you not use Gary Schwery Gary anymore? if you're still out there in the industry yeah. we should hope you're doing well after your heart attack I, Gary was I, probably I, great I used him for the, my first two homes but, but yeah it was uh, so they both had a heart attack uh, mainly because they were like, could you not wait until we finish this process? Yeah. I had no idea that it would jeopardize my loan. Usually people accidentally buy a couch on credit and they get, they get that kind of trouble. But <laughs> <laughs> you quit your job. I did. I quit my job and I started, started a business. And they, of course, immediately the banks were like, we need uh, like three years of history. Yeah. As a, as a 1099 or, a, you know, your own independent contractor status. So you, had you even been approved by then? Well, uh, pre-approval. Pre-approval, just yeah. pre-approval, okay. Yeah. Pre-approval. So you knew what you could buy. I knew what I could buy. Um, you know, I think I think we got approved, we did get approved for the loan. It was a very long time ago. Um, I think we got it, so we did get <laughs> well, approved for the loan. So was it yeah. just a couple of years ago? Yeah. Or? <laughs> <laughs> Feels like it, yeah, okay. in here. All right. And. Uh, so I think we were approved, but you know, through every every few weeks or something, or every month, you have to give your pay stubs. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. So it was during. It's when I had to give my pay stubs, uh, the next time, and 
um, they realized that I, I no longer was a bet You couldn't just tell them, yeah. I don't feel like giving you this month. Though. I was like, here are all my contracts. I've got all of these contracts, which is guaranteed. They're guaranteeing me money. What's the problem? And uh, that did not that did not go over well. So what ended up happening was they split the loan into two different loans. The first, the first one, and a second? The, or? It was a first and a second. Okay. The, first, the first was at 6% interest. And the second was like at 12% interest. It was super wow. high. And so you started out that way. Started out that way. So you did have to do like the 80, 10, 10, like 20% down, but 10 of it was through the second lien type, type deal? And I had zero down. Oh. I was on a VA. That's right. You were military. Yep. That's yeah. right. I had a okay, VA so loan. You had a VA. Yep. So you had 100% financing on it. Yep. Okay. Well, I really setting yourself up for success. I so, <laughs> and I, you know, I had no, I had nobody to give me like any pointers or guidance or anything. Yeah. And so I, my wife and I were just doing this. We were like, we, it's time for us to buy a house. We're going to do this. How did you find out about your military benefits? Like there's a ton of people that have no idea that VA offers that type of stuff. Uh, when I was leaving the military, um, they had a whole program, like as I was exiting, okay. and which introduced me to These that. are all the things yeah. that you get for having and That was served. the one thing I held on to. My dad did tell me, he's like, always get your VA loan. And so I did. If you're in VA, do you still have to, and it's 100% finance, do you still have to pay the private mortgage insurance? Or, yeah. Yes. You did? Okay. So you had that? Mm-hmm. And then you, did you know that once you got to that 20% equity that you would go away? No. I did okay. not know that. Oh, yeah, because you didn't even know that right. you could refinance at all. Right. Yeah, so that's a whole, thing. yeah, that's a whole nother story that we can dig into with, <laughs> in the mistakes. But I had no idea. So I, I had this business that, that we started. This is going to be all Mike's failings in life. <laughs> <laughs> I know, you're, it's going to be Brian's turn. And he's like, well, I was 17 and I, I, had, I had 20% down. <laughs> <laughs> but I had to wait till I was 18 because I had. <laughs> so this, this business that we started, I had never been in business for myself. And so I had, but I did have all, all of these customers and I started buying their computer equipment for them uh, as the business and then invoicing them for so their you're buying equipment. it on your credit. I was buying it on my credit, mm. which racked up all my credit cards. And then they wanted, they were taking uh, 90 days to pay. Which totally messed wow. me up. So you're floating all there in between. I was totally wow. floating. <laughs> yeah. And I kept getting more and more clients. And so this just started building up to the point where we were having trouble like making our payments and I had no idea what to do. And so we uh, I was talking to my wife, I was like, we have all this equity in our house and we have to like pay this stuff off. Like, how do we get to it? And we had no idea how to get to the equity in our home. And so uh, we didn't realize that you could pull, get a second or you could refinance or you could do something to pull equity out. So I sold my house. Just straight up sold, yeah. straight up sold the house, <laughs> grabbed the equity, <laughs> grabbed the equity, uh, paid it off, put it down on another house. And, um, and then by that time I had enough enough history with the business that you we could were- You pay your clients' yeah, bills. Their yeah. <laughs> But wow. uh, it was. Uh, well, it sounds like it worked out, though. It did end up working out, uh, but I wish. Did I Did you like the known. second house better? <laughs> I did like the second. Well, house. There, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> it's, a good it's not bad. The first house was nice and small and quaint, but yeah, yeah. But anyway, yeah. I mean, that's that's my first first home. Mine. I was a similar age. I was twenty eight, 
I was, I was working for a company and I had been for a while W2. So I didn't have to deal with that, thankfully. Um, but I banked at Wells. And so I figured I would just, I figured they would know me. And so they're going to give me a loan. And um, they must because I have a checking account. <laughs> I thought that was enough. And little did I know, like, you know, having $500 in your checking account doesn't really matter to them. So um, we did save up enough money for an FHA uh, loan, enough to be able to put like the three and a half percent down. Yeah. yeah. Um, but otherwise, I think my first experience was so nerve wracking because I spent the entire time thinking about whether or not I would be able to afford it. How did you know about 3% though? Like everybody talks about 20%. Like you're sitting around like, how the hell am I going to get to 20% right. down when I... My father-in-law told me. Okay. He just, in passing, and I was like, wait, what? That's a thing? Um, and then the other part of my, that same time, I was living in Temecula, working in almost East LA. So it was a very long commute. And I was working with my wife, talking about maybe we can move to Orange County. I've got some stepkids that need to be here uh, part of the time. And so I was going to show her one day where we would be like, what the drive would be like, because we, and then we we're going to go to Ladera ranch because it was, thankfully it was in a time when prices were a lot lower and I could afford a shoebox in Ladera ranch. Um, what year was this? 2010, 2010. So I could afford this tiny little place on Ladera ranch and we're driving over, um, highway 74. And my wife gets really car sick. She literally, on our way out there, where I'm trying to get her all excited, like, we're going to be able to do this commute thing. It's going to be okay. She throws up. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, the, we looked at one house and we just went back. I was like, this is never going to happen. So, <laughs> thank, and then even though prices were so down because of the 2008 stuff, um, the area where I did want to live in Temecula was like super sought after. And so we were, we were putting... Thankfully, my realtor was close, uh, close friend. Actually, it was my aunt. So, um, you didn't oh, have that's... a heart attack. Right? Yeah, no, no heart attacks, thankfully. Which <laughs> um, she still does everything. Uh, I'd still do everything with her today. Um, so she coached me a little bit. So I, I did have like a person coaching me along with the process. Thankfully. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it, would, it helped out a lot. But I remember just thinking, like we come from really blue collar I remember my parents, they were entrepreneurs, so they had a hard time getting loans at a time. I just, all I cared about was getting it, you know? I, when they told me the interest rate, I never, the one thing that I was thinking about is I never even dreamed of the idea of like, maybe I could get a better play, get better deal somewhere else. So I just, I just wanted to be invited, you know? So you didn't shop it? No, no, I did not shop it. Did you end up doing it with Wells? I did. Okay. Yes, yes, somehow. Um, the rate was not great. Uh, but it was good enough to for the time. Was it better than six percent and twelve percent? It was better than six percent and twelve percent. But I did have to pay the the mortgage insurance. Oh, okay. And so <clears throat> that was a couple hundred bucks a month, and I was already like right at that. That's when I learned about the concept of debt to income. I, I had no idea about that that idea and like what the the basic thresholds were and all that stuff. And so I had a small student loan and I wouldn't have been able to qualify if I still had the student loan. So we had to like work towards paying off the student loan so that I could just show that I only had so much in monthly payments because yeah, we barely made it, barely made it. What about, what about property taxes and insurance? That was the thing that the first time I ever got a, got a mortgage, I'm like, wait, what? There's property tax. Okay. And I got property huge. taxes and, and, insurance? and yeah. insurance and like, 
I can put it in the loan or not put it in the I'm like, I don't know what to do. What do you do here? I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I definitely put it into the loan because I was like, uh, there's no way I can trust myself. 97%? Yeah. Sure, why not? I thought the same thing. Like, so our mortgage payment is this, and now you're adding all of this yeah. other stuff onto it? It's like going to the car yeah. dealership. Like, I don't need the undercoating. I'm good. Like, I don't need the seat protection. I, I just yes. want to have this payment. Yeah. And they're like, no, you actually have to do this. <laughs> Are you guys in, uh, were you in fire areas or anything where you had to pay extra insurance for, for the fire? Fortunately, no, but now, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that same that confused me and Melrose confused. Oh, NHOAs. NHOAs, that's... I still don't get Melrose. <laughs> it's, it's another way to get taxed. Right? Exactly. Like, they haven't like, taxed you it's like something yeah. else. Like <laughs> you got to pay for like, the curbs being put in somewhere. Right. Right. Yeah. But you totally don't ever. Yeah. First home buyers never have, probably have ever heard of it. No. There's foreign terms everywhere. Yeah. You just think somebody's trying to take more money from you because you're ignorant to. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It was. How long was your scary. first house that you stayed there? I'm in it. Still. Still. All right. Yep. Oh. So how many times have you refinanced your home? That's great. Uh, once. Okay. Because when rates went super, super low, low, I got a great rate. And so like over the last two years? Yeah, before, about two years ago. Before yeah. you know, COVID sort of ended? That's right. Around two years ago. And I've also gotten a home equity line of credit and for rainy days. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's a good. That's yeah. a good discussion. Yeah. Home equity line of credits. Um, it's great. Yeah, people have tons of tons of equity in their yeah. homes. Like home prices haven't necessarily gone down. And so everybody, you get it set up. Like a lot of, a lot of banks won't do it now and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you can and get it set up, it's perfect. Like it's that yeah. rainy day fund. So you don't have to sell your home. <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> Man, I wish I could get to that money. I wish I would have known. <laughs> yeah. So you would recommend a home equity line of credit? Uh, if, if it depends on the usage, but like as a home equity line of credit, like if you've got a ton of equity in there and you could, your, your kids potentially going to college, you got to figure out a way to do that. It's going to be a relatively easy way to do that and pull out of it. Um, you know, like if it's cheaper than finding a auto loan right now, because it's super expensive on that side, like you take equity at home, pay for the auto loan and not have the debt and wait for prices or interest rates to go down and then potentially go get an auto loan. Like there's it just a ton of flexibility. But it's it's a bit of a unicorn sometimes. Like there's a lot of people that were in that space, obviously before the financial crisis, and now it's, you know, it's kind of hard to find. So if like you're Wells Fargo, if you're not doing multiple different things with that bank, they may not be interested in giving you a home equity loan. Like right. you probably have to have your first at whatever bank it is for them to feel comfortable because, you know, like, then there's a fight over if there's a really bad scenario. Like you had to sell your home and yeah. you sell it for underwater at that point in time. Now those two guys are fighting with each other. So it's not all puppy dogs and rainbows for that sort of stuff. But like done correctly, it's a good thing. So I, I've done a home equity line of credit and the way it almost worked like a credit card for my house. Yeah. Like I, I would be able to, I could charge against the equity in my home and I could pay it back and then that money becomes available again is that generally how how it's worked with you guys? Yeah, yeah, we've used it if we needed it. Um, tried not to though. I I don't really. I haven't really used it a lot. Uh, it was offered to us through. Now we've been banking with a credit union for a long time, 
Um, More of a safety net. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they offered it to us and we took it. <clears throat> yeah, we did it on our on our last house. It was we were thinking about remodeling, and so we just said the guy when we did our first loan, he said we could just go ahead and add it on there, and so it was a relatively simple process at that point in time to go do it because you're already going through the mortgage process yeah. when you were when we were purchasing the home, so it was easy to do. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. I hopefully I don't have to use it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always the hope. Thanks yeah, out. yeah. Hopefully, out. yeah. You never just know. Buy a bunch of inventory, <laughs> right? And then you're, then you're good. <laughs> yeah. So how about you, Brian? Uh, so I bought, uh, we bought our first home in, let's see, it was 2003, uh, newly married, uh, or about to be married. And so we bought the home and it was a condo in Costa Mesa, California. So just killer place that we loved and all that sort of stuff. And I was fortunate enough to have a buddy that was in the mortgage space. So he was a mortgage broker. He was my best friend growing up since like first grade. And I call him up and I was like, I don't really know anything about mortgages at this point in time other than I can't afford a home without one, so what do I do? Yeah. And I call them up, and they take a bunch of information, and the mortgage broker process back then was like, they just shot it out to everybody. And it ended up being, I think it was Union Bank of California that came back with a, with a loan for us. And I ended up having, uh, it was an 80-10-10 loan. So we, we did that same sort of program. I put 10% down, yeah. I had a 10% second lien, and I had a uh, 80% you know, first lien on that. And like the, I remember telling my parents that I got a six and an eighth rate back in, in uh, 2003. And the, uh, my, parent, my dad was like, that's insane. It was like you know, 15% in oh, yeah. 1983 or whatever it is. And now it's coming full circle. Everybody's sitting around like, oh, it's six and a half, seven percent for a mortgage right now. That's ridiculous. It's like, eh, it's kind of right back where it was 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, on that side. But uh, we did not give a heart attack to either our real estate agent <laughs> or our mortgage broker. My mortgage broker friend is no longer in that industry and does some nice things in real estate at this point in time. But, uh, uh, and, and we just had, the thing that, I think in the first time home buying process, like the real estate agent actually matters. And we had a we had a really crappy one that sold us the house that we had. It wasn't a bad guy, but like we didn't know what questions to ask. And I like as a real estate agent, you're looking across the table and we probably look like deer in headlights. Yeah. And they're like, yep. I don't know what to ask. You know, my wife doesn't know what to ask. And there's so many things you learn, like if you sell your home and move to the next one, like, oh, I, I should have asked for this. Like, why is why does that ceiling have no popcorn on it, but the rest of them do? No, oh, that's nice. They clean that up. No, it's probably there is probably some issue that yeah. probably yeah. didn't get disclosed so, to. Wait, that so now, what's the what's the first thing when you're walking in a house that you're that's a you know, you're prospecting, you're looking for for a new place? What's the first thing you're looking at? I look around the house for problems, like you know, yeah. you're making a you're making a huge purchase, like it's Water the same marks. thing as. Is yeah. buying a buying a car like you you know buying a used car you're looking up and you're looking for every scratch and dent or something wrong with the wheels because you know somebody off roaded and said they never did or anything yeah. like that so you're constantly looking for those sort of things and if you don't find them and then you just ask the questions like it's I don't know it's skepticism and all of it but yeah for sure I think for us the 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 uh, the thing that we look at now is we uh, we also have been sold by a real estate agent on uh, oh all you have to do is is this you know and it and that'll that'll make it the home that you want like 
oh, the kitchen doesn't have, uh, you know, it doesn't have the cabinets you want, or it doesn't oh. have like the countertop you want. All you got to do is you just, you know, it's, you can replace those things. That's yeah. easy. But that it doesn't happen, or it's a bigger job than it than it ever is. I think that's like the my biggest takeaway from the first couple of homes that we've owned is that every job is way bigger than. Three times as long and oh, twice, yeah. Expensive <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. twice expensive and three times as long. Yeah, yeah exactly. I had no idea how much stuff like that would cost. Yep. Like remodeling a kitchen is a fortune. Yeah, and there's all you always run into another problem. <clears throat> yep. And Unless so you have those fix-it shows on TV where it's like, oh, we did their bathroom <laughs> for $250. Yeah. And, and they're, they like work it in and out and their budget is, you know, their, or their budget's a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm an assistant manager at in and out My budget is a million dollars. No problem. Um, yeah, I, I've done some, so I've been in my house since 2010. And so we've done some like pretty serious remodeling and it, it costs a lot of money. Um, so yeah, I would, I would definitely prefer to just buy the house with it. <laughs> so do you guys yeah. do 30 years? Like, you know, everybody tells you you got to do a 30 year loan. Um, I did 30 years. Yeah. Do you still do 30 years? Um, I'd like to say no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> <But> we did. <laughs> we did mainly because we were also refinancing our, uh, we, so one of the lessons that, that we've tried to learn and we always tried to tried to do in our younger years was it, an idea that we had was if we buy a house we should keep it move to another house and then rent use that as, as a rental yeah well finally we were at a place in our life where we could actually do that so we were refinancing our first home getting our second home and um and we were comfortable with the 30 year uh but i would say i i don't know that i would recommend it so you know? like You've been in your house for a little while now, so you yep. haven't necessarily moved. How many times have you moved? Uh, four. Okay, so over a 20-year period, you've moved four times? Yeah, since 2003, yeah. So it's, it's one of these like little things that I didn't know until I was working at Lone Depot about arms and things like that. Like the average person stays in a home, like I think it's like seven and a half or eight years. Yeah. And like you can do a 30-year loan <clears throat> and maybe more expensive than doing an arm and you stay in it for and there's risks associated like you could you know it does jack up if interest rates are up and that sort of stuff if you go to the other side but like that was how we could afford more home i was like the likelihood i'm going to stay in it longer than this period of time. we have like a seven-year itch yeah it seems oh, like every seven years we yeah. just sort of we get you know we, we talk about oh we should fix this and everything else then we start looking around and we're like yeah it's probably just easier to move than deal with a bunch of people doing construction and that sort of stuff so uh i feel like if I had known that on my first home, and I don't know, you know, maybe they don't give arms to knuckleheads that are six <laughs> years old in their first time home, but if I had known that, I probably could have afforded more home, knowing that I probably wasn't going to stay in that home. Maybe that's good that advice. Long. Yeah. Like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really think about that. I did a thirty-year loan, and the same concept was, you know, if, oh, if you're going to stay there, you know, and then move to the next house, just rent that one out. Like, it's a great concept, but. Especially in California, it's a little expensive to do that. Yeah, so the, I mean, the, I think I think when you're going through uh, uh, or you're listening to a, a lot of guys like Dave Ramsey and some of some of the others that like financial coaches, you know, they want to teach you to get everything paid off and uh, to do even shorter mortgages so that you can get your mortgage paid off. Uh, but um, 
I mean, what are your thoughts around instead of doing that, do what you're you're suggesting and getting a, a longer loan so you can get more house and using that investment to instead of paying that off, you're using that investment to make more investments. Yeah, I mean, look, it, they're obviously during the last you know, five, the COVID years, if you will, you know, kind of even before that interest rates were super low. So like, but there wasn't a huge arbitrage, like you couldn't actually go out and invest in something else and know that it was going to do that. Like, you know, if you've got a, if you had a loan right now over the last few years and you're at three and a half percent, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to pay it off. If you can go put it in something else, that's right. your money market account, like at your bank right now, they're fighting for deposits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like four and a half percent. Like you could actually make some money by not paying down the principal on it and that sort of stuff if you have that option. So like it it hasn't really existed over the last, you know, 10 years uh, since the financial crisis. But like it's starting to happen on that side. Yeah, yeah. I think it also it's like how risk averse you are. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like just personally, I still feel like I have enough time. My, my main source of income is my job. Mm-hmm. And so if I make a mistake... I still have time to some, you know, to um, recover for it, or recover from it, and so that's why we we like you. We tried. We worked a long time to get an investment property, and um, we did. And that would be my preference over right. But right, that's like right now in my life. If twenty years from now, I probably wouldn't want to do that. You know, um, yeah. I wouldn't be as. I'd be a yeah, lot more risk averse. Right. Not working, you're probably. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, hopefully I'm not working. <laughs> Here's hoping. <laughs> That's a different conversation. You have more faith in Rick than, than he does. <laughs> I have faith in Rick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, I don't know about you, but buying, trying to buy a property when you have your primary home is a lot more difficult. And so what I found was... Um, First of all, we had to save forever mm-hmm. to get enough to actually pay, have 20% down on a separate piece uh, of property. And what I found was really helpful was like knowing my realtor and knowing my uh, loan officer. My it's a mortgage broker, but um, like they, I could, I just didn't feel like I could tell them anything. You know what I mean? And and then we would find ways to work through stuff. And so they would instead of just this like, you know, this robotic system where I was either qualified or not. Um, if we found something on DTI, we would go look at, uh, like, what my payments were and see if I needed to do something else to prepare. You know, so that was, like, super helpful. Um, and I've been, had that relationship for, I'd say, uh, five years now because of the first time I refied. Oh, that's good. Yeah. and With your <clears throat> With my officer? primer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now, I mean, it's just like, okay, this is what I'm thinking I want to try and do. And then, then we just start working on it, you know. And before I even try to go get pre-approved or anything, we start to like going through the numbers and see if I'm going to qualify. Like you have your, you, you just switched investment properties. Like you just you're selling one and you bought. Like what what did you do there? Like how did how did you go through that? Um. So that was because I had uh, an investment property in the mountains, which we like the mountains, and um, but it was it's probably like. A little too big for my britches <laughs> in reality. <laughs> and so we, we rent it through Airbnb and VRBO and stuff like that. But if it doesn't rent, then it's like a struggle for me to maintain the, the house and stuff. And so I, it, I wanted, I just started to feel a little uncomfortable with, I mean, I think last year I had to pay the mortgage myself 
once another, dude, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Better than the rental income. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, I had to come out of my own. You were paying your mortgage, right? I just want to make sure. Well, all, okay, <laughs> yeah, you qualify. Always paying the mortgage, but the rental income was first, paying for it. First line of advice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pay Always your mortgage. Pay your, <laughs> pay your mortgage. <laughs> we should start. Should have started with that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we we decided to try and find a smaller place that that way, if it wasn't renting, it wouldn't be as I uh, wouldn't be so strapped to right. yeah. to cover it. And that was definitely one of those deals where we, we liked a couple of places that are small, and, but I wasn't, because the other property is bigger, it's going to take longer to sell. Mm -hmm. And so I just worked with my loan officer and we, we figured out the right, the right mix and the right loan and uh, we worked on paying off some car debt. And so the fact that we paid off the car debt put us in the, in the right debt to income ratio so that we could actually qualify for that thing. And, and still carry the other still one carry until you sell it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's super helpful. Like, there's not many real estate agents, mortgage brokers that actually go through that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and they make a lot of money off of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they do. That's the they thing. Do. Like, they, yeah. <laughs> these guys are taking a big chunk, right? Um, that was one of the things I Have learned. Have you found the that their, their percentage is negotiable? On a real estate agent? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, I don't know, man. It, I, it's still a... It's one of these one of these commission businesses that hasn't seen its commission really cut too much. Like yeah. I think about, you know, I used to buy stocks and things like that, and it was all sorts of commissions. This is zero now. You can go trade stocks and it doesn't matter. Like they, that's true. Yeah. They've held pretty strong at their, you know, call it five to six percent. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's, if you're uh, flipping though, like if like if they helped you buy your new rental property. And they're helping you sell the other one. Like you can generally get a better discount off of that. Yeah, like if, they, if they're on both sides. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah, imagine. Yeah, and then yeah, sometimes we've we now use um, you know a real estate agent that we're, we work with a real estate agent who also has in house lending, and so sometimes they'll give us breaks on yeah. on that on that type of stuff too. But not much, not much. Still, closing costs are unbelievable. I like, yeah, that was one of the things that like you mentioned things like Melarus and. Um, HOAs, just the the amount of money that is spent to close these deals is title insurance, yeah, title insurance. warranty, and all of these. Other the appraisal is five hundred bucks. Identity you know? theft protection. <laughs> <laughs> it should be. It should be in there. <laughs> you're, you're getting a home warranty that uh, you know you get you're, you're gonna fix your washer when it breaks down there. Yeah. But who the hell's protecting you if uh, if this whole mortgage process and you don't. You know, somebody steals your identity, like everybody's pointing at each other, like, no, somebody That's else right. is going to take care of yep. this call on you. Yeah. So uh, how about the closing process or kind of the the end of the loan process? Like, what what was your experience there? Um, you're, you just got like, the home. Other than excitement? Yeah. Okay, so th this is a uh, funny story associated with my first home. My, like I said, my aunt was my, she's my realtor. She's still my realtor. She's a great realtor. And um, so Can I give she, her any props here? For, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> M Coastal. You should call so. Yeah. <laughs> M Coastal. Uh, so she she was working at, in her office in, um, it's it was in Orange County. And she's like, okay, we got it. You can get the keys. And then there was an earthquake happening at the same time. And I could hear like things were shaking in her building and she's in a high floor. People are leaving the building. And I said, 
Marge, you, it's okay. You can, we can talk later. She's like, no, no, no. I want you to get the keys. <laughs> and so she's like, try, she's like texting somebody trying to find out where the keys are. And to, so she can tell me how to get to them. They were like, you know, the, the outdoor locks, they are your outdoor um, outlets. They have the, the weather stripping. So the weather yeah, cover. Yeah. And so it was under one of those. And um, <laughs> she's like, no, no, I got it. And I was like, get the hell out of there. <laughs> and then she still got it. But um, it was super fun to get my keys. Like that was such, a, to me, I don't, I'm, you know, it is done when, when you sign your documents and it funds, but I don't feel comfortable until I get the keys. Oh, for yeah. sure. You know, it's like, I don't feel, I like it. It's not done to me. There's nothing better than walking yeah. through that front door and like, there's yes. nothing in the house. You're like, okay, so it's cool. mine. Yep. This is yeah. cool. This is mine. Yep. I'm going to see what we can but do. But up this until thing. that process, up until that point, it is pain in the butt. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's stressful. We used to, I used to always use this analogy as like, it's like going to the dentist. Nobody like recommends their dentist. It's sort of this thing you have to have done to make sure your teeth don't fall out. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing in the mortgage world. Like you can make it a little bit easier, a little bit better. Those are things we tried to do at my old, at my old company, but like, it's still a hard process. It's just, you gotta like get into it and deal with it and make it out the other side. And it's, it's hard. I mean, you're sitting there, you know, the, the closing, like sometimes you can have them come to your house and do all the paperwork there at your house. Sometimes you go to the actual escrow company and sit there and you're filling out 800 pieces of paperwork and you have honestly no idea what you're signing. No idea. Uh, you know, and so yes. you're going through this whole process of like, did I just give away a child? Did I give an organ away? I like it's buried <laughs> somewhere in the paperwork, you know, of all this. Yeah. And so that's, that's pretty daunting, especially the first time. Like, I guess, if you bought a home a couple times, you're like, okay, this is just the process. But the first time you're like, I have no idea. Yeah, what, what, is what is it? I mean, you're not reading the 800 pages. I'd love to say everybody does. You have your know. notary sitting there yeah. going through it with you. Go yeah, they, they, and they, they tell you, this is for this. This is for this. You're checking, Sign here. is my payment what yeah. they told me it was going to be? That's right. Yeah. Am I paying the right price for this home? You know, mm -hmm. you're not even checking the interest rate. It's one of the first times you see all of the fees. Yes, yeah. exactly. You're yeah, right. and it's like, well, the closing yeah. disclosures, it's really yeah. long. Yeah. Um, I, and then also, sometimes the, the paperwork that you need to provide to the lender is hard to get. Yeah. I had to, because I mentioned that on my, buying that first investment property, I had to prove that we had paid off a car. Um, so I didn't have that on my debt to income anymore. And it was financed by a smaller credit union. And they weren't, they weren't giving me the, the document to the point where like, I, I just couldn't get a hold of anybody. And it was just being such a pain. I finally had to, I, I searched the company on LinkedIn and I looked up, I found an SVP. And I, I connected with him and I said, hey, I, I'm not trying to throw stones or anything, but I could really use some help. And I, I can't get this proof to my lender and we're supposed to close in like two days. <laughs> Can you please help me? The guy helped me. He totally, he's like, hey, nope. He said, I'm really sorry that's happened. No problem. I'll get you covered. Like half an hour later, had exactly no what I needed. It was so cool. That's great. Yeah, yeah it was awesome. <laughs> I, could, I, I was starting to get really nervous because I was like, this one document, <laughs> like this is all it's going to take. And then in the previous one, um, this small condo, I mean, it's this bank of condos that's like, there's like 18 total. So it's a small little section of, of buildings. And so their HOA is a very small HOA. And they had to prove that they had um, 
a balance sheet that would that had enough money to for improvements if needed. Okay. Uh, and th we couldn't get the documents. Like we could not because the person who did the books before they were gone, and and now it's this one person who's on vacation. And man, it was it it was a big challenge, and it was a big mortgage. It's um, UWM who's in who ended up okay. taking the loan. Oh, wow. um, so they're like, there was no way in hell they were gonna uh, they were gonna approve the funding without that. Yeah. So that was that was getting a little dicey at the end too. But yeah, so I'm getting nervous till I get the keys. You you've yeah, got I, college age kids, like I do. Do you tell them any of this stuff? Do they oh yeah. Have, do they ask? Do they even care? Yeah, I said that I I have already sat them down and and told them everything that I wish that I knew and. And they should start preparing right now. You know, a zero down loan isn't isn't the way to go. I mean, unless uh, interest rates are also pretty pretty low. Yeah. Um, and so you know they need to start preparing and start asking questions and seeing what they want to do. Um, I I forget where I read it, but uh, there there is a a big segment of the population that just doesn't want to buy. Yeah. Either. And which was surprising to hear because I've always learned that, or I've always been told, you know, property is not something that you can make more of. And so try to get as much of that property as you, as you can and accumulate it. And it's, and uh, if you invest in property, you're going to, it's going to always be a good investment unless it's like swampland in Florida or something. <laughs> and so... I try to teach my kids the same thing and give them that advice. Uh, you know, start looking early, start looking young. Um, they have they have friends right now that you know are in their early twenties that are already like just got out of college and and doing well enough to to start looking at homes. And so they have some incentive there because their friends are doing it. But I I definitely give them all the advice of. That, that I wish that I had. Well, is it like credit advice, savings advice, learning about debt to income? Like what? Well, definitely stuff? debt debt to income. They don't have a ton of debt other than student loan debt uh, right now, which is a you know a tough one to to get away from. Um, yeah. But uh, credit, you know, I think that on the credit side, that is that is a key component, as you guys know, to buying your home. Buying yeah. in, and buying your first home because you have no history at all with any mortgage company. You have no history with any bank. And if you have no real credit credit history at all and you're young, then a bank has nothing to go off of to say you're, you're credit worthy or we want to take this risk on you. So like, did you start them, did you get them involved in credit stuff when they were like, you have teenagers. Yep. So, do you are they authorized users on your credit cards, or are they you doing anything like that? Um, unfortunately, my son is yes. And yeah. <laughs> seems to think that it's an unlimited supply, <laughs> primarily of Chipotle. That's yeah. Plugged at Chipotle, so if any gift cards would be great. Yeah. My, my daughter food. is Starbucks, so. But yeah. 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 Yeah, but we we have this conversation all the time. Uh, you know, I've I've worked in the mortgage industry for a while now. You know, in, in here at IDIQ and like. They ask those questions and it's, they have no idea though. There's nobody that's, there's no education in our school systems that are talking right. about this sort of stuff. It's all these like random conversations that you have. And it's generally like you want to do, you know, we live in this instant gratification world. So it's like, I want to buy a home. Okay. 
What do I do? <laughs> I, like tomorrow? There's no, there's no like there's no, there's no anything. It's no, like, how about today? Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, when, when I left college, I had like a Wells Fargo student visa that had like a $500 limit on it. And that was like the only credit I'd ever had in my entire life. I had life. the exact same thing. And I, I wanted to buy point. a car. And so I, I, I bought a used car from this place up in the LA area. And I walk in there and they're like, you don't have any credit. So, you know, I'd call my parents. I'm like, can you co-sign with me? And they're reluctantly like, yeah, I guess, you know, co-sign. And that's like, that's like how the process starts. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, so for me, the credit building experience was a gas card. I started with a gas card. And that, that kind of kicked off my credit building experience. And I was, my wife and I had just gotten married. So we got a gas card and we started using the gas card and we started building our credit and then... Then we got approved for a very small uh, uh, personal loan, uh, and so we was that to fund the businesses that you were. <laughs> no, we were in the we were in the military. <laughs> we were in the military, and we had no credit, and we realized that we needed to get some credit, and so we went and got this personal loan, and. Uh, uh, and we bought like two mountain bikes with it and we paid them off so <laughs> <laughs> And then we just made sure and paid the payments on time and we started building our credit that way. But for me it was like a small tiny credit card and then actually my we I think it was a Home Depot card that I had to get because there was a storm in our area and I was living with my parents it was like right after I had gotten home from college and they this storm blew the fence down and my parents were out of town which was very rare they didn't travel much they were small entrepreneurs and so my brother and I had to go fix the fence and so we had to go to Home Depot and buy the the wood to fix the fence mm -hmm. and we didn't have enough money so we had we applied for credit cards and he got a hundred dollars more than me <laughs> he will never let me live it down. <laughs> He's a younger brother too, so it was it was it was a tough one, <laughs> tough to take. But he had, I went to school and um, I worked during the summers to help pay for school. But um, he worked the whole time. He just kept working, so he did better with his credit at a young age, for sure. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, he's yeah. killing it. We only bought one mountain bike on credit. <laughs> I did the same thing. Yeah. It was 2001, and I, I was like, really wanted this cool mountain bike, and I still have it. That's amazing. That's and awesome. It, it still is in really good condition, uh, but I, I bought it, and it was uh, like the, the store was offering, like, do you want to buy this on credit? I'm like, sure, that'd be great. That'd be perfect. Yeah, they all, they're all financed. Yeah. All that stuff. Financed all right, so good. is there... Uh, is there any takeaways that you guys think that that you would suggest uh, through your your first home, you know, in a first time home buyer situation? Uh, like, what's the what's the one or two call outs that you guys would give somebody if if they were asking you for some advice? Go ahead, Rick. Find somebody you can trust. Yeah. Like the the realtor and the loan, uh, the person helping you with the loan. I think that finding that person you can trust and you feel comfortable because a lot of times you you go into this process and and you're going to like show them all your financial livelihood, yep. right? And so you're going to show them like your deepest darkest financial secrets. And so it's it's intimidating um you find somebody that you're comfortable having that conversation with. 
because then they can just be real with you and tell you like this, these are the things that you need to do and we can help you get there or whatever. But I think that finding that person you can trust that who not only knows their business, but you feel comfortable with sharing and, and working with that. I think that is the biggest key in the first, first round. Um, and then being patient. Yeah. Act like a four year old. Oh, that's good. Why? Ask what questions. is this? Yeah. Ask questions. Yeah. Like, it, I love so that. It's, yeah. it's got to be, just like Rick said, it's got to be somebody that's knowledgeable, but like, I wish I'd asked more questions the first time. It was, it's like pride and ignorance when you're sitting there like, I was in the financial services world and I'm like, well, I should probably know this. So I shouldn't ask this question. You know, that looks stupid. I don't, maybe he doesn't think that I'm qualified to go buy this home or do these things. Like, ask the questions. And if they don't know, find somebody that does. The yeah. answers are out there. Like, just ask. Like, be a four-year-old. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. so good. I well, think that's perfect. One of the other things I think is that's really important is, and I think this is so much easier said than done, but try to not be emotionally attached to the, the property. When, because then you start to make decisions where you'll take a, you, you think you might be able to make this payment when you really shouldn't be, Yeah. you know? And so you should be, there's gotta be a way to find a way to let it go if it's not the right thing for you and, and your family. Yeah, you have to understand that the real estate agent is there to sell you a home and the loan officer is there to make you a loan. Right. They are not there to make sure that you're going to be okay. And right. so you're, that's what your job is. And, and they don't get paid until the loan closes exactly. and the mortgage gets and the, and the home is sold. Yeah. So they're going to tell you that an extra $10,000 on top of your loan, really in the grand scheme of things, isn't that much. But to you, it may be a lot. Yeah. So you need to think about that and yeah. look at it. Like, and I, I love the, the patience comment because I think that that's, um, that's key. Like you get, especially when it's, it's taking a long time for you to find your home, you get impatient. And so you start compromising. Yeah. And I think some compromises is okay, but figure out what your, your main goal is and kind of the, the things that are the handful of things that are the most important to you and don't compromise on those. Yeah. No matter how long the process is taking, eventually something's going to come, come your way. And if you have a partner you're doing it with, like try and make that, make those decisions before you get out there. Yeah. Because if somebody, one of the two of you decides that they like the place or decides they really want to sell a place, like you need to make those go, make those decisions before you get starry eyed and, and, um, start thinking, you know, more emotionally. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's great. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't make the decision based on emotion and walk away, feel comfortable to walk away and say you need a, another minute to, to make a decision. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That was a great episode. If you enjoyed this and want more, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you won't miss out on future topics. Follow us on all your favorite social platforms for bonus content and behind the scenes fun. Thanks for joining us on this journey towards financial empowerment. Until next time, stay tuned, stay sappy, and see you next time on IDIQ Labs.